Welcome, Raptors enthusiasts. This is the Raptors Abroad Podcast. Yes, yes, y'all. What is happening? This is your boy, Sam. You're listening to the Raptors Abroad Podcast, coming to you from London, UK. For all you Raptor freaks out there, this is the podcast where I break down every single Toronto Raptors basketball game. Why? Because I'm crazy like that. Because I've been down since day one. And because for more than a decade now, I have not lived in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. And I watch my basketball games thanks to the power of League Pass. Not at 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning, but at my leisure. I got this stuff on demand. And boy, has it come in handy the last few days. For those of you that are hanging on to these podcasts waiting for them to come out, you may have noticed I'm a couple days late. Well, your boy Sam's got a day job. A little bit of work got in the way. It was not able to bust these out. But it's Friday night. My girl's out of town, and this is how I party. <laughs> for real, though. It's time for Game 9 of the Toronto Raptors 2014-2015 NBA season. And they were in Philly, taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. So what's been happening? Well, it's been an interesting start to the season. Your T-Raps franchise record five straight wins. Then they give three of those right back. They drop three straight. I was going to say two of them in painful fashion because they were close games, but all three of them were really painful because one of them was a blowout. And that was to Chris Bosh. D. Wade and the Miami Heat. But we can't be crying for us because our opponents, the Philadelphia 76ers, are just setting records in losing. Philly, to start this season, 0 of 7. Tack that on to the 0 of 10 in which they closed out last season, and that's 17 straight losses. I believe they had a 26-game losing streak somewhere in there in the middle of the season last year. They started off with 14 or 15 losses in a row. Just setting the bar for futility, Philadelphia. That's got to be hard, too, because I've been to Philly. I've actually went and watched a game back in the day. In fact, one of the best games I've ever seen live. 2001, Allen Iverson, Vince Carter. I had third-row seats behind the basket. Both of them went for 30-plus in a Raptor victory. Shout-out to my boy Joey Dimebags, who scored me those tickets. Met me out in Cherry Hill. Headed over to the ball game. So I know how passionate Philly fans are, so that's got to hurt. That has got to hurt. But this is not a pity party. This is professional basketball, and your T-Reps cannot be the ones to give Philly their first win of the season. No. This is a must-win. Dropping three straight, and our reputation is already on shaky ground. You lose one to Philly, you're going to have trade talks a swirling. And that is not what we want to hear. We like this squad. We want to give this squad a chance. So what's going on in Philly, then? Let's talk about who they got. That's interesting. Well, first off, Canadian Nick Stauskas. High draft pick for the Sacramento Kings just a couple of years ago. They gave up on him real quick. A lot of people feel like he's got game. I haven't seen him play that much. He's Canadian, so I cheer for him. So interested to see what he can bring to the table in this ball game. Also very interested to see the number two pick from this year, Jaleel Okafor. I'm no expert, but him and Carl Anthony Towns, that seems like a coin toss to me. And then another guy I'm interested in checking out, T.J. McCollins. Probably haven't heard of him. He's a small little point guard, but dude is speedy, and I've seen him play a couple of times. He's impressed me. 
given some good moments. I can't remember if I was watching him against Golden State or Cleveland, but he's a heady point guard, makes the right play. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Carlos Arroyo. Raptor fans, you remember him. Remember Arroyo used to just come in there and dazzle you with a couple of crazy layups and some sweet passes. But for some reason, bounced around the league. Found a home in Orlando for a little bit, but I always felt like Carlos Arroyo was a bit of a wasted talent by the league, not by him. He gave it his all. So interested to see TJ McCollins and what he brings to this ballgame. Also, I'm pleased to say that Nerland's Noel not going to be in this one. Not because I wish anything ill on Nerland's Noel, but dude's a problem. He's tall, he's long, he's athletic, and not easy to score around the basket when he's in the ballgame. So I do not mind seeing him sitting on the bench for this one against the T-Raps. On the Raptor bench, though, Damare Carroll still sitting with that sore right heel. Or so they say. I heard plantar fasciitis. I only heard it one time, but that's what I heard. Got me scared. $60 million man over there. I want you running around, Damare. But that means that James Johnson getting the start yet again. Happy for JJ to get a chance to get out there and show what he's got. You gotta look on the bright side here. So we're all set up. And without further ado, let's get into it. First quarter. 35 seconds into this ball game, the point guard, Kyle Lowry, finding the range from deep, always a good sign. Drains a three ball to open the scoring. Very next Raptor possession, able to get himself a trip to the free throw line, knocks down a pair of free throws. Good start for Lowry. Someone else had a good start too, and his name was Jaleel Okafor. In fact, this guy had a good ball game. You'll be hearing that name plenty in this podcast. 10-24 mark, Okafor with a gorgeous spin move in the paint. Then able to lay it in, get the 76ers their first points of the ball game. 908 mark the Canadian Nick Stauskas. Maybe a little fired up to be playing against a team from his native country. He steps up, dials one in from deep. Next Philly possession, Stauskas on the move, sets up Okafor for the big two-handed throwdown. Philly with a two-point lead off of that 9-7. They're looking good. Defensively now, 811 mark Okafor spots DeMar DeRozan on the drive, swats his attempt. 6-16 mark, DeMar DeRozan though not to be denied, gets a beautiful touch pass from Luis Scola. Didn't want any piece of Okafor inside, but he steps back into the left corner and buries a three ball. And Raptor fans, seriously, how excited do you get when DeMar DeRozan hits a three? I'll tell you, for me, I mean, I've been watching every game of his career, so there haven't been that many of them. And when they go down, man, it feels good, because when you look at his shot, it doesn't look like there's any reason why he shouldn't be a good three-point shooter. He's got a nice-looking shot. So that cut the Philly lead down to 1-15-14. But Jalil Okafor could just not be stopped. And JV was playing well. He's matched up against Jonas. Jonas was playing well. More on him in a minute. But Okafor, three baskets over the next three minutes. Ten points in the quarter. But DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry also playing well, getting us buckets and free throws. And the Raptors have a one-point lead, 22-21, late in the first quarter. And that is when Philadelphia unleashes the three ball in the form of a couple of cannonballs. That's right, Isaiah Cannon. Y'all know who that is. I mean, one of the coolest names in the league. He steps up, drains a three ball. 
followed by Hollis Thompson knocking one down, and then Isaiah Cannon again firing, knocking down from deep, and Philly with a seven-point lead, 32-25. One minute to go in the quarter. A few seconds later, Bismack Biombo with a nice offensive rebound gives it off to Norman Powell. First quarter appearance, and Powell gets his second NBA basket of his career with a nice drive and lefty layup. Loving Powell, he struggled a little bit in his first couple of appearances, but it hasn't looked bad. It's always looked good, it's just the execution hasn't always been there, but Powell's getting himself in the right positions. Speaking of the right position, beautiful play here by Tupat. Cuts off a pass in the passing lane in the final seconds of the quarter. Goes on a one-man fast break, puts up a little floater, misses, but able to get his own rebound, and then on the left side, but four feet out, puts up a high arcing fadeaway at the buzzer. Finds the bottom of the net. Unconventional bucket for Tupat. And the Raptors cut the sixer lead down to five, 34-29. So your T-Raps give up 34 points to Philly in that first quarter. Come on guys, an 0-7 team cannot be dropping 34 on you to start the game. Thankfully, the T-Raps are 29, so only down five. Second quarter. Second quarter starts with Corey Joseph, the Canadian getting inside with a layup. But Isaiah Cannon still hot from the first quarter. Steps up, drains his third three ball to answer. Cannonballs flying all over the place. I just love that. That's not mine, by the way. <laughs> the announcers you say that on the court. Whenever he drains one, they go, Cannonball! You gotta love it. 10-21 mark. James Johnson, making the most of his minutes, comes up with a steal, gives it off to Norman Powell. Powell, again, going to the reverse layup for the score. 39-35, 76ers. 9-49 mark. James Johnson gets the ball in the low left block. He's got Nick Stauskas on him. And you know what? Unless you're the same size as James Johnson, you got no chance of guarding him on the post-up. Pretty amazing. He just turns over his left shoulder, one power dribble, and then elevates up towards the basket like there's no one there. And it's not like Stauskas is tiny. But JJ, with four inches and probably 30, 40 pounds on him, is able to just power his way all the way to the hoop. 40 seconds after that, the 909 mark, Corey Joseph, does the exact same move, except it's on TJ McCollin. And McCollin reaches in, Joseph puts up the floater, scores it and one. That gives the Toronto Raptors the lead. Eight minute mark, Jonas Valanciunas, told you he'd get his name mentioned in this podcast, playing excellent D on Jaleel Okafor. Causes him to miss a short jumper, so the Raptors go the other way. And they feed the big man, and the Lithuanian goes to work on Okafor, pulls the exact same move that Jalil tried on the other end, but Jonas's shot is good. If you're doing the math, folks, that's an 11-2 Raptor run to start this second quarter. 44-41 Toronto. 6-38 mark, Jalil Okafor still working inside. JV doing all he can, but he reaches, and Okafor teaches, hitting the short fadeaway and one jumper. Steps to the line, misses the free throw. Something he's going to have to work on. 6-12 mark, Kyle Lowry spots James Johnson with TJ McCollin on him. And again, there is just no chance. JJ, the power dribble. 
backs him down, turns over his right shoulder, elevates, and lays it in like it's practice. But you want to talk about a power move? I'll give you a power move in the move of Norman Powell. 543 mark Powell gets in between Nick Stauskas and Jalil Okafor trying to do a little handoff at the three-point line. And what does he do? He takes off on his own. Two-footed takeoff from about six feet out and rocks the rim with one hand. Powell definitely raised some eyebrows with that throwdown because if you haven't heard of him, you have now. If you don't know, now you know Norman Powell can throw it down. Oh, vicious dunk. And Stauskas, who had that turnover, though, give him some credit, does not hang his head, comes back, drains a deep three ball, cuts the Raptor lead down to 5, 48, 46. And that, folks, is when it turned over to big man time. Jonas Valanciunas, Jalil Okafor, going at it. 444 mark, Jonas turning over his left shoulder against Okafor and hitting his favorite running righty hook. But Okafor comes right back, able to get good position inside, hits a layup. But a minute later, Okafor blocking Jonas Valanciunas right underneath the basket. Sixers break the other way, looking like they're going to get a transition layup. But Jonas running the floor, the big man hustling, blocking Nick Stauskas, taking two points away. Raptors go on the break. Kyle Lowry spots Norman Powell ahead of the pack, and he goes in for the layup. And JV wasn't done just 20 seconds after that at the 3.05 mark. Getting back after Jalil Okafor was doing a little bit of cherry picking. He got an outlet looking like he's going to go in for the layup. But Jonas flies in and erases that attempt. Oh, yeah. Raptors with a six-point lead, 54-48. Just 25 seconds later, though, Okafor not scared give him credit he went right back inside able to score on Jonas Valanciunas with the baby hook but Jonas dude has really taken steps these last couple of games I'll tell you so many battles against quality big men and he's holding his own he comes down on the offensive end battling for position doesn't quite get it DeMar DeRozan puts up a jumper catches back iron looks like Okafor is there for the rebound but JV out jumps him and tips that ball up and in off glass 56-50 Toronto. 145 mark James Johnson. Defensive board and beautiful outlet to Kyle Lowry ahead of the pack for the layup. And Lowry just needed to see that ball go through and he decided it was his turn. 30 seconds to go. Lowry with a defensive rebound just keeps it himself this time. Goes coast to coast. Forces up a short banker able to drop it. 76ers Jeremy Grant able to come back with a layup with 8 seconds to go on the clock. Raptors try to push it the other way. Rushing to get a quality shot off, but a pass is deflected out of bounds with 9 tenths of a second to go. So coach Dwayne Casey calls a timeout, draws up a play. But I do not think it was the play that the Raptors ran. Check it. Corey Joseph underneath the basket, looking for an option. Looking for an option. Doesn't see anyone. Kyle Lowry is backpedaling on the right wing beyond the three-point line. Joseph throws a long pass out to him. Lowry, the Philly native, setting his feet as the ball is arriving, goes into the shooting motion, right on the catch. 
falls out of his hands with plenty of time to spare, and he finds nothing but the bottom of the net from 30 feet out. Doing a little Steph Curry impersonation with a quick release. And for the Raptors, including the two-pat one from the first, that's back-to-back -back buzzer beaters in the first and second quarter. We will take that. Especially when your Raptors, who dropped 63 points in that first half, are just leading by six against the Philadelphia 76ers. It's 63-57 after two. DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, 14 points each. Norman Powell with eight points in this ballgame. He has had two in his entire career up until then. And Jaleel Okafor, the rookie, the number two overall pick, 16 points. Third quarter. I want to give a little shout out to my girl. My lady is off in Argentina right now in Buenos Aires, teaching a little circus to the Argentinian folks over there. So I've had a little appreciation for Argentina lately. And this third quarter really gave me a fine love for the country. One of their citizens in particular, he goes by the name of Luis Scola. Get ready to hear that name a whole bunch over the next couple of minutes. 11.15, Mark Scola. 20-foot set shot. 13 seconds later, Scola with the steal. Runs the floor. Takes a pass from Kyle Lowry. Lays it in. Lowry then, taking a page out of Scola's book, comes up with a steal just 20 seconds later. Raptors on the offensive possession. Three offensive rebounds in a row. The third by who? the Argentinian, Luis Scola, and he puts it back up and in with the baby hook. Raptors suddenly up 12 in a close game. 69-57, a 6-0 Luis Scola run. 9-0-6 mark, Jonas Valanciunas, who was rolling in that second quarter, he keeps it going, turns, hits a little hook over Jalil Okafor. 31 seconds later at the 8-35 mark, Jonas, with the exact same move on Okafor, this time draws a foul. Goes to the line, splits the pair. And then on defense, JV just owning the paint. Sixers not able to bring it anywhere near him. He keeps deflecting it, blocking it. They try a 28-foot three ball. Glances off the front of the rim, and Jonas snatches his 10th rebound of the game for the double-double. Whips it up to Kyle Lowry. Lowry pushes it and pulls up in transition. Nails the jumper. 13-point lead now for your T-Rap, 74-57. It's an 11-0 run. Jeremy Grant, 734 mark, ends that run with a monster one-handed dunk in traffic. In fact, he had a couple of those. But Luis Scola with the answer. That's right, I wasn't done with Scola. You thought I was done with Scola? No, plenty of Luis Scola to go. He answers that with a three ball. 555 Mark Scola in the paint goes to his trusted one-handed push shot. 518 Mark Scola going to work in the low right block. Another short push shot. Raptors with a 20-point lead. 83-63. And yeah, we ain't done. There's more Scola to go. 431 Mark 19-foot set shot. 345 Mark Scola. Running the floor, DeMar DeRozan, recognizing the hot hand, drops it off, and Scola lays it in for his 17th points of the quarter. 17. For those of you who don't know, the Raptor record in a quarter is 21. 
set just last year by Sweet Lou Williams. There's still 3 minutes and 45 seconds to go. Not going to keep you in suspense, though. Scola sat down about a minute later, didn't really challenge. But wow, what a performance. Raptors close the quarter with some excellent guard play from Lowry and Corey Joseph, and they carry a 19-point lead into the fourth, 96-77. Fourth quarter. Cannonball. More cannons coming out. Isaiah knocking down his fourth and fifth threes of the game early in this fourth. Unfortunately for him, that only brought the lead down to about 17 before we turned it into garbage time, and it was garbage. Pretty nasty. Usually I got some good highlights from garbage time because I like seeing our bench play. Nothing really to talk about in this one. I'll spare you. But your T-Raps go on to win this one by 16, 119, 103. So your T-Raps improve to 6-3, and three, snap a three-game losing streak, and the poor 76ers drop to 0-8 on the season. Let's hit the box score. From a team perspective, Raptors pretty much winning every single category. Shot a slightly better percentage from the field. Not nearly as well from three, but they took a lot less. Free throw wise, gorgeous numbers from the T-Raps. 28 of 31 for 90%. The 76ers on the other hand, 11 of 17. So Raptors, 14 more free throw attempts, 17 more makes, and they win this game by 16. What a difference the charity stripe makes. So individual efforts will Jaleel Okafor with a heck of a ball game. 13 of 22, 26.7 rebounds for him. TJ McConnell, who I didn't give a lot of run to, he only had two points, but 13 dimes. Told you, this guy can play. 13 dimes. Keep an eye on that guard. So on to your T-Raps. Well, you got Kyle Lowry giving you a nice ball game. 6 of 12 from the field. 23 points. 8 assists. Luis Scola, 10 of 15 from the field. 21 points in the ball game. Plus 20 on the floor. And then Bismack Biombo. Sneaking in with a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Challenging Jonas Valanciunas' double-double. JV with 11 points and 12 rebounds, 4 of 8 shooting. So we got what we needed in this ballgame. Good play by your T-Raps. Next game is against the New Orleans Pelicans with the brow Anthony Davis, who I believe might be injured. Already sat out last ballgame, so he might not be suiting up against the T-Raps. Which is kind of a shame because I like seeing him play, but also not a shame because he's arguably the best player in the league. Actually, you know what? There's, sorry, there's no argument there because Steph Curry is the best player in the league. And in fact, that brings me to the next segment of the Raptors Abroad podcast. Let's talk about some exciting games from around the league because on this night, it was ridiculously exciting. Aside from your Raptors beating the 76ers, there was a bunch of buzzer beaters I mean, you can even count the T-Raps. They had two buzzer beaters, one in the first and the second quarter. Not quite as dramatic as some of these ones I'm about to break down for you, though, so check it. All right, not a buzzer beater, but we're going to start with Steph Curry, who I was just talking about. The best player in the league, the most exciting player I've seen since Vince Carter. 
just incredible. I mean, he's absolutely unbelievable, the things he's doing on the court and the amount of fun he's having doing it. So they're playing the Memphis Grizzlies, a team they just beat by 50. And then we go to 226 of the third quarter. Steph Curry, about 30 feet out, feels that he gets fouled. Flips up a shot with one hand falling over. Banks in the three ball, and this is in a tight game. He followed that up with a driving and one lefty layup, and then follows that up with a steal and drains a buzzer-beating three from 35 feet out, making it look like a free throw. That gave the Golden State Warriors an 11-point lead in what was just about to be a five-point game going into the fourth. Looked like Memphis was maybe going to even cut it down to three or two, but Curry just explodes on them. They go on to win that ball game by 16. And we ain't done, folks. There was a bunch of ball games that were insane. All right? We had the Dallas Mavericks taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. A little bit of added interest there because it's the return of DeAndre Jordan to Dallas. The team that he was supposed to be playing on this year made a verbal agreement. It's publicly known that he was going there. And then at the last moment decides to re-sign with the Clippers. It's a bit of an emotional ball game. We're going to get down to the final couple of minutes here. Chris Paul bearing a prayer three-pointer from the right side. Had no chance of going in, but it did. He knocks it down. So the Mavs come back the other way. It's a two-point game. One minute and five seconds to go. Dirk Nowitzki from straight away. 4-3. Banks it in. Dirk going to the Deutsche Bank. And makes it a five-point game with that shot. DeAndre Jordan, by the way, on the bench in these closing minutes because the poor gentleman cannot shoot free throws. He can do a lot of things athletically, but shooting free throws is not one of them. So he had to sit on the bench and watch as the Dallas Mavericks went on a 14-2 run over the last three minutes. And in what was an extremely tight ball game, the Mavs wind up winning this one by 10, 118-108. All right, and there's more, even more excitement. Knicks versus the Hornets. Cody Zeller at the free throw line, 28 seconds to go. He's got two free throws in a tied ball game. Chance to give his team the lead. So what does he do? He goes to the line and bricks both of them for the Hornets. So Knicks ball now. But a three-second game clock, shot clock differential. Of course, they're going to go to Carmelo Anthony. He's working on the left side. And Melo, with the pull-up, hits the side of the backboard as the shot clock expires. Shot clock violation. So Hornets with the ball with 3.7 seconds to go. They inbound it, but it gets deflected out of bounds. Burns a second and a half, so they got 2.2 remaining. And the inbounds, Lopez getting lost. And Cody Zeller, the guy who missed the free throws, able to catch and go inside for the layup. Looking like the game is in the bag as there's just six tenths of a second remaining. But check this, the Knicks with the inbounds. They go to Porzingis, and Porzingis with the catch and shoot from about 28, 30 feet, draining the three ball. Looked like the game winner, but when they went back to the replay, as the broadcaster said, the dude is cursed with long fingers on this one. 
because just a few hundredths of a second deciding this one, it was still in his hands. And, you know, I looked at it very closely. Whoever started that clock did a stellar job. It did not start until the moment that ball touched his hands. So the Knicks lose that ball game by two. And you know who's particularly fired up by that W? The man with the worst hair in the league right now, Jeremy Lin. Y'all remember Lin Sandy? I'm sure that made him feel good. All right, we're almost done, but I got a couple more. I got a couple more. This is, I know this is getting crazy. Milwaukee Bucks, Denver Nuggets. Kenneth Fareed, the manimal, with his team down one, patrolling the paint. Nuggets on offense. One of his teammates, I'm not sure who it is, tries a terrible fadeaway from the right corner. It's coming up well left and well short, but Fareed flies up above the crowd, catches it like it's an alley-oop pass, and lays it in. Gives the Nuggets a one-point lead with five seconds to go, and they go on to win that ball game. So that's another buzzer beater. Now we're going to jump over to the Magic and the Lakers. I'm going to give you a familiar face here. You got Sweet Lou Williams. Y'all remember Sweet Lou and his clutch shooting that he showed the Raptors. Got us a couple of game winners last year. So with the score tied, the Lakers give the ball to Sweet Lou. Kobe Bryant, by the way, was not playing in this ball game. So you can, all you haters can take a break. Sweet Lou goes to his regular move which if you watched any Raptor games at all last year, you knew exactly what he was going to do. Little stutter dribble, and then take a shot as he's drifting to his left. Preferably from mid-range, possibly from three. Well, Lou goes for the mid-range attempt, and man, he misses everything. Bad. Really bad. He catches high backboard on a shot from the left. No rim at all. And that results in a shot clock violation for the Lakers. So the Magic get the ball back on the inbounds play with just a couple of seconds to go. Nikola Vucevic hits a 20-foot fadeaway rainbow as the buzzer goes off to win that ball game for the Magic. Drops the Lakers down to 1-7. and seven. Tough start to the season for them. Crazy night in the NBA. But when we take a look at the standings, you got the Cleveland Cavaliers out on top of the East at 7-1. and one. Atlanta Hawks in second at 8-2. and two. And the Toronto Raptors tied with the Miami Heat at 6-3. and three. All right, that's it for this Raptors Abroad podcast. Thanks for checking it out. Next game coming up against the Brow. And I'm out.